0: Hello and welcome to The Moving Curve. I am Rukmini, a data journalist based in Chennai. Every night on this mini-cast I consider one question around the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. Tonight I am considering this one. Where do we stand now? It's day 144 of the novel coronavirus epidemic in India and we are reporting 4,10,461 cases with 13,254 deaths. When I started this podcast, it was a way to take stock at the end of each day after what felt like a flood of new information through the day. Many people I speak to say that they still feel like that, that they don't know where things stand and how they're looking. So tonight's episode is going to be taking stock. Where do we stand now? The headline numbers you're probably familiar with. We now have the fourth most cases in the world after the US, Brazil and Russia and the eighth most deaths. We are adding about 15,000 new cases every day. Among the countries that have more cases than us, Russia appears to be past its peak. So since it has 5.8 lakh cases, we'll overtake it in July. Brazil and the US are still adding more cases each day than India is and both those countries have the added disadvantage of their presidents not taking the disease very seriously and opposing restrictions on the movement of people. We in India have definitely made mistakes, and some in government have projected victory far earlier than there was any need for. But I don't think not taking this seriously is a criticism I have of virtually any Indian elected official. The US has had the longest plateau of any of the countries with the big burden of the disease, which means that they hit what looked like a peak, but they've remained there, adding over 20,000 cases every day for nearly 2 months, without any signs of a real decline. Brazil's most recent week had its worst day yet, so again no signs of being past the peak there. In large aggregate terms, it would appear that India has less of a Covid mortality problem, but having looked at the mortality data in depth last week, I'd be less inclined to be very certain of that. We are a much younger country than all of the other badly affected ones. The median Indian is 10 years younger than the median American, and 16 years younger than the median Italian. This matters for a disease that seems to present in a much more severe way in older people and has a much higher mortality rate among the elderly. But I don't think that this fully explains why we have one third as many deaths as the UK despite now having more cases than them. When I look at how they count deaths versus how we count them, which I did in the last episode, I think our mortality estimates are substantially off the real number. Within India, SARS-CoV-2 is currently very much a big city disease. Between them, the three most affected cities, Mumbai, Delhi and Chennai, account for 40% of all cases. This is something we should expect given that close proximity and high density living areas will enable the spread of such a highly infectious respiratory pathogen. Beyond that, there is so much to unpack about what's going on within states that I thought that I'd take a cue from Krishna Kumar, the former editor of Outlook who interviewed me for his journalism podcast last week and think of it in terms of two places that worry me and two things that give me hope. So the places I'm most worried about first. The first is Delhi. Cases are growing very fast, much faster than in Mumbai or in the rest of the country and it will soon overtake Mumbai. Every day, Delhi now adds over 3,000 new cases, and on some days last week, it added more cases than any other city in the world except Santiago in Chile. Its test positivity rate, the number of cases discovered through 100 tests, is growing rapidly, meaning both that the disease is spreading fast and that testing isn't growing fast enough. So Delhi is a real worry. Next, Telangana. Now, Telangana has just 7,800 cases and 200 deaths, so why am I worried about it? Well, for one, it has unexpectedly been the most opaque of all states when it comes to testing data. On June 16th, Telangana released new data on testing after one month, Every single small state and union territory in the country is releasing testing data every day or almost every day, so there's no excuse for a state like Telangana with all of its IT resources to be in this state of lack of transparency. When that testing data did come out, it was not good. Telangana has India's third highest test positivity rate after Maharashtra and Delhi, meaning that a high share of tests was coming out positive. But this isn't because the numerator, meaning the number of people testing positive, was high compared to the other states. It's because the denominator, the number of people tested, was so low. Andhra Pradesh and Telangana had virtually the same number of positive cases by late last week. But Andhra Pradesh had tested more than 10 times as many people to get there. Telangana and Hyderabad have been reporting big spikes for the last few days and given there was such little testing earlier, this state's a definite worry. Now for the things that give me hope. One, all states are getting a bit better about putting out their data even if it was flawed at the collection stage in public. So for the last five straight days, Telangana has released its testing data and that's a good sign because knowing what's going on is the only way to contain it. So, Bangalore and Karnataka have seen growing numbers in the last few days. But they have a pretty good sense of where those numbers are coming from. And it's mainly coming from incoming migrants who are tested while in quarantine. So on their own, those numbers aren't worrying. We'll have to wait and see if they remain in control. 2. The second positive sign. Many states have increased testing and that's a good sign even if it means their numbers go up. For the last 5 days, Tamil Nadu has tested over 25,000 people every day, and that's a promising sign even though its numbers are growing and parts of the state are in lockdown again. I know this looks like a pretty thin silver lining, but the truth is that everything is so dynamic that declaring victory on anything is dangerous right now. Kerala, for instance, just had its biggest daily spike two months after it was down to no new cases. So my worries and my hopes come from bad and good processes and not outcomes. There are so many factors that will affect the numbers right now. But the way out lies in doing the right thing the right way and just being honest about it. Thank you for listening. This episode was edited by Anand Krishnamurti. Tomorrow, a new question.